AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. WebmasterRadio.fm Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Commission Junction's Advertiser Account Director, Kim Dozell, and Publisher Business Development Manager, Brian Caldwell, as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts, Kim Dozell. And Brian Caldwell. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Kim Dalzell and Brian Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about a top 10 list for advertisers to um, help their program, their affiliate marketing programs. And unfortunately, I think today I'm going to be doing most of the talking, Brian, huh? <laughs> well, that's a good thing. It's it's fair because last week I had to do all the talking myself. Now, you did chime in. Thank you very much for helping support my my <laughs> efforts. <laughs> Just to review, I'm on the advertiser side, and um, Brian is on the publisher side. So it seems like I end up doing most of the talking when it comes to advertisers, and Brian does most of the talking when it comes to publishers. Uh, also to review, the way our podcasts have been set up is we typically do them in three parts. The first part is more basic, the second is intermediate, and then the third piece is for you advanced users. And we try and stick with that format each week. Brian, I don't know if you want to lead off or you want me to, you want me to start off? Well, sure, and I, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and remind everybody this is going to be available live as it is right now, also as a podcast, and even on your cell phone using the MobileCast network, and just all you need to do is, is visit the webmasterradio.fm website, and you can access this show and all of the shows in this series uh, through any of those means that I just mentioned. Uh, also, if you have any questions or comments about the show as we get into this, you might um, be thinking about uh, something that you, you want to ask us. And I wanted to encourage everybody uh, uh, to email us at podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, 
at cj.com if you do have any questions, especially if you have any questions about affiliate programs as either an advertiser or a publisher. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for yeah. customer Having service. said that, housekeeping out of the way, um, Kim, okay, so what is this top ten list for advertisers that we're talking about today? So, I, I mean, top ten, I, I think top ten is actually pretty is a pretty short list. Um, so we'll probably end up talking about more or elaborating on more than than. 10 per se, but, um, you know, just to start with sort of the basics, uh, the first one really is, and it may sound really basic, but I think sometimes people forget, is really to approve any applications that you have for pub- from, from publishers, really to try and do that daily, if at all possible, you know, weekly at the, at the, the longest period of time that you, you should go, uh, and really that's Again, we I think we've talked about this before, but th- those are all your salespeople. So right. you want to approve those publishers that work for your program. Okay, well, so uh, coming at this from a publisher perspective, all our publishers out there are going, well, what, what do you mean? Uh, don't they approve everybody immediately all the time? And, and, and actually they don't because, you know, sometimes publishers aren't going to work for, for certain types of advertisers. You know, there are some advertisers who are, who are very, very brand conscious. So they may not want to be on a site with their competitor. Um, they may not, you know, they may see that as a bad thing, or they may not want to be on a, a type of site that, um, I don't know, has, has maybe listing something that they don't, you know, that they don't like. Um, I can't think of anything specific. I mean, obviously, porn and things like that, but anything else that's... <laughs> well, our network quality guys will keep, <laughs> keep right, those, exactly. those sites out but of the I network mean, anyways. Anything that, that just maybe not be relevant to what they're, what they're trying to sell um, is, is typically what they would not, you know, a publisher that they wouldn't want to approve. Okay, so generally speaking, uh, if they're not, uh, if an advertiser's not set up to auto-approve any applications, they go into a manual queue, and uh, over a period of time, they'll review the publisher model and, and give a yes or no. Right? Correct. Correct. And they, you know, again, we, we encourage our advertisers to approve those publishers who are generating lots of traffic. So, you know, in the CJ network, we have the ability to see who generates a, a lot of revenue and a lot of traffic based on our bar system. Um, so they do have the ability to approve four and five bar publishers, you know, very quickly because they know that they are generating a lot of good sales or good leads for other advertisers that could potentially be in their space. So they tend to approve those publishers very quickly, um, which I know from a publisher perspective, probably in those new up-and-coming publishers, that's probably a difficult thing for them because uh, they may not be you know, being shown as a four- or five-bar publisher right out of the gate, obviously. Yeah, they don't have a history. Well, see, right. this is exactly where I come into play in the Commission <laughs> exactly. Junction Network. Exactly. That's when you come in and you start pushing them with our adver- to our advertiser teams and explaining sure. why they should be uh, accepted, even though they don't have the background. And, 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 of course, it's important to note, since this is not affiliate marketing t- today, the Commission Junction show, that right. this is affiliate marketing today. Not all networks work like this, and a lot of networks will simply approve uh, any publishers that come into the network, which is, you know, it, it, there's pros and cons to that. But uh, I think maybe we want to move on to point number two. Yep. So the, the other one is um, always you always want to look at what, 
the level of traffic and the transactions that are coming in from all publishers. So really taking a look at what your existing publishers are doing today um, and actually do this on a daily or a weekly basis. Are the, you know are publishers going up? Are they going down? Are they bringing in more sales? Are they bringing in more leads? Um, and, and then try and figure out why they're... Um, they're bringing in more sales or more leads. So if you have a, a publisher that hasn't been generating traffic for a long period of time and then suddenly is, um, you know, maybe you want to contact that publisher to find out what they're doing. Maybe they've just really started promoting you. And um, those are the types of publishers that you want to reach out to and get them to continue to do that type of thing. So we, I, we call it optimization, and really it's, you know, you're optimizing these publishers to, to get them to generate more and more traffic. Um, sorry, not necessarily traffic, but sales or leads for you, because that's really what you're looking for. Yeah, and I, I think from my perspective, it it would be about recognizing the fact that a publisher uh, is is actually generating transactions for you in, in mm-hmm. a, you know quantity uh, and quality level that uh, really works for the advertiser. So that recognition factor. Um, I mean, yeah, there are things you can do to actually optimize the relationship by, you know, pushing out uh, a rate that allows a PPC buyer to, you know, achieve a higher quality or a higher quantity of, of traffic. But um, simply to, to say, hello, how are you? I've, I noticed that your leads were, uh, volume went up this month and we're very appreciative. Is there anything else we can do that can help you, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Publisher, uh, generate even more revenue? Yeah, and I, I mean, and I think I think a lot of times um, advertisers forget that when you reach out to a publisher, they will, you know, a lot of times they do want to talk to the advertiser. They want they want to know how they can do do more business. It's you know, it's a really a win win. This is one a, a win win situation here where the publisher learns more information from the advertiser, and then therefore can generate more sales, more leads based on the information that they're giving to them. Uh, absolutely, and it could be a. a uh, that the publisher has taken a month or so to build out a new website, uh, you know, conceptually built around the advertiser's offering, and, and they really just want to hear from the advertiser say, "Hey, thumbs up! Really like the new site." Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, uh, we, we definitely encourage our advertisers to reach out to as many publishers as they can. Um, you know, even, even if it's on just a monthly basis to their their top you know, ten or twenty. Um, the other one I wanted to mention that was is sort of the converse of this is also looking at those publishers that are sending you a lot of traffic but they're not converting because that can also, um, you know, it can kind of hurt your program because they're just driving a lot of traffic to your site but they're not, they're not, selling, they're not selling anything or driving any leads. And it's not necessarily that that publisher is doing anything wrong but there could be something wrong. It could be that you maybe have a tracking problem with that publisher. It could be that the uh, something's happening on the publisher's site that they're, they, they haven't caught. Um, but those are things that you want to, again, reach out to that publisher and find out, is there something going on that, they can, that you as the advertiser can help out with to get the, the leads or the sales up? And it could be that the publisher may not be aware or pay, be paying close attention to the conversion rates that they're generating. Um, well, and so you... You know, as an advertiser, you might be able to step in and say, "Hey, this is an optimization opportunity. Your your traffic's not converting. You're sending us a, a nice volume of traffic, but maybe there's some things we can do that will help the back end conversion actually generate some some commissions and and uh, some revenue for everyone." 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you, you know, along with that, you brought up another point earlier um, when you said, you know, publishers redo their sites um, and it, that can that can lead to incremental traffic. You know, advertisers really should be reviewing the publisher sites to see if they're communicating that right message. To branding. That, yeah, exactly, the right branding, or maybe they want to... Um, they want to be communicating something specific, um, so of a specific type of product, and they want to make sure that specific product is in the right page. So if you're on a large website and you're selling baby products and by accident you end up in the flowers, <laughs> flower gift department, that may not be where you want to be. Um, and it could just be a small error made by the publisher so that you just want to make sure as an advertiser that you're going and looking to see where you're actually sitting on those sites. That's a, that's a really good point, especially as more publishers are automating their, their affiliate solutions through uh, you know, database connections and, and scripting and, and whatnot where pages may not necessarily be hand-built. So that uh, manual review process is not necessarily there. So absolutely mistakes can be made, and it's... Uh, very helpful to a publisher when an advertiser reaches out and says, I, I want to help you. Yeah, and I, th- I, think we've, I think we've talked about this before in, on our previous shows, and, and I know that we've talked about it, I've talked about it with advertisers and with publishers, and we've talked about it at CJU in the past, is really communicating, you know, this is a, the advertiser needs to look at the publishers as their sales force, and if you're not talking to them, you're not knowing what they the troubles that they're having out there, you're never going to be able to help them. So really, really talking to them about their about you know what they're seeing from a you know a good and a bad, so you can help them to optimize. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so what's what's next in front of you? Let's see. So the one that I probably should have mentioned first is really what are advertisers should always know what their program goals are. So first and foremost, what. What are the goals for the program, and what are your goals for your site, for your online traffic overall, and how do those match up with your goals for your affiliate program? That's one thing that always should be kept in the forefront whenever you're trying to determine what publishers you want, where you want to drive more sales, or where you want to more, drive more leads, and how you want to generate that traffic. Um, you know, I know that when I talk to advertisers, sometimes they have new customer goals, and some and that those would be, as you know, would be different publisher sites. And sometimes they want re- return customers, more traffic from those those uh, consumers. So really, there's different demographics really that that go along with these goals. Yeah, that's that's very true. I, I was actually thinking about that on the train ride in this morning because. Um, it, you really can mix and match um, publisher models to achieve certain goals. Uh, a, a good example it would be a loyalty site. You know, they're presenting coupons or they're providing rebates uh, to, to their members, so they're generating a member list, which means they can market out through email and potentially um, uh, present coupons or free trial offers. Well, at the same time, uh, they have a, a, I don't know, a master shopping mall inside the, the primary site where they're selling things at a full at full retail, um, so I mean, right there, you're, you're you're mixing and matching three different kind of end goals and different demographics. But uh, yeah, and I and I think the loyalty sites tend to 
get return customers. So if I'm if I'm going to You Promise and I always shop at say the Gap, I'm gonna I'm typically gonna go back through You Promise and shop at the Gap. So loyalty programs tend to have the demographic of return shoppers, but a lot of times it's a it's a higher sale. So the the um, average order size tends to be can can be higher. Um, but for those first time shoppers, which I know a lot of my advertisers are trying to get because even though they may have big brands, they're always trying to find that that customer that's never shopped there. So they're only shopping at their competitors. And I I would think and you you're you're more on the publisher guy, but I think that from what I see, search guys tend to get a lot of those first time customers. Yeah, I search think advertisers. That, yeah, that that's really true. I mean, they're really built they build their sites, they build their campaigns, uh, typically to attract just anybody that's actively searching that day, that moment. And so you know, they're not necessarily building out a site that's uh, generating a large brand name for itself to entice those repeat customers back. Um, a lot of times the search pubs are, are more interested in those um, those, pro- those advertiser offers which are have some immediacy to them. So the free trial offers, the um, lead gen campaigns for you know mortgage refis and and whatnot, uh, and and they're really going after like I said the the traffic that's coming in for the moment. Um, and without those repeat customers, you know, there's no need to to build up a big brand name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think again, going back to the, the the beginning point is, I think that what advertisers really need to do is understand what their goals are and then match up publishers to help them to facilitate those goals. And then, Absolutely. you know, as you as you hit those, as you continue to hit goals or you fall short of goals, then you might have to revisit where you need to focus on so if you're if you're not hitting in your first time customer then maybe you need to focus on different types of publishers to try and attain that goal right so um, a deep understanding of the publisher business models is is very beneficial to any advertiser absolutely so going back and listening to that other p- podcast that we had on publisher business models episode number 2 <laughs> that's right episode number 2 well i think we should probably take a break and uh, come back and we'll talk about a few more checklist items for advertisers. Uh, We're just going to hear from a couple of our advertisers. Be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. You're brilliant. Brilliant. At creating innovative ideas. Ideas. Building brand value and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. Where it's happening. That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web trends marketing lab. You bring the art, we'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. Finally, an easy way to advertise online. From planning to analysis and everything in between. Take control with trueadvertiser.xls. From true Effect. Now manage your entire ad serving experience with your Microsoft Excel workbook. Save time. Save money. Reduce training and easily control your data with TrueAdvertiser.xls from TrueEffect. Taking the mystery out of online advertising once and for all. 
once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media. PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help you thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is Brian Caldwell with Kim Dalzell from Commission Junction. And uh, thank you all for listening. Just wanted to lead us into this intermediate session uh, talking about the kind of the top 10 checklist for advertisers uh, with affiliate programs and what they want to do uh, to effectively manage their program. So, Kim, I, I was curious. We were talking a little bit during the break, and I, I wanted to uh, see what your thoughts were for kind of proactive communications that advertisers could uh, consider in order to engage the publishers that are working in their programs. Well, you know, one of the things that w- that we typically talk to our advertisers about is is having a, a monthly newsletter. Um, in fact, we have some advertisers who do it weekly, and in that they they typically put in any new promotions or links that they want to get out to the publishers to make sure that they're, you know, they're promoting the most current things. So they're com- promoting the best promotion or the top ten products. Um, and our, actually, advertisers that are really savvy about it, they, they typically set the, the, the newsletter up so that it does have the top ten products on it so that you know, again, we go back to where this, these are your salespeople, and if they know what's hot, they're going to try and push it more so than things that aren't hot. So that's really what you, you know, as advertiser, you want to get out any sort of items that are going to be high converting items or items that are, you know, make it sort of a higher average order size, those types of things. So, obviously, there's a lot of new technologies out there today. Are these newsletters typically delivered through email, or are you seeing advertisers starting to push um, kind of hot ideas out to publishers through other channels? Well, actually, you know, email is email's obviously the easiest way, but we've also, see, I've also seen advertisers set up websites for their, you know, basically, you know, blogs for their publishers. So the publishers can go there and pull information off, off of these blogs. Um, and then actually we, we have a, a couple of advertisers who have just affiliate sites that are just dedicated for their publishers to go and, and pick up items like the top ten or pick up the latest promotion or the hottest deals, uh, all those in the links, and they can actually generate links right from those websites. So they don't even have to log into the you know, whatever affiliate program they're using, you know, CJ or Performix or Linkshare. Right, and I, I'm pretty sure that on some of those blog sites uh, or, or dedicated websites that some enterprising advertisers have set up RSS feeds for some of these top... Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I'm, you know, one other thing is I, I think that sometimes our publishers in, you know, I'm saying saying this as publishers and you can probably offer more color, but I think sometimes the publishers do get inundated with a lot of email so if you can give them other vehicles to, to find out the information 
I think they, I think they're happy to see that that it's not another email. Yeah, there, there you go. Actually, that that was one of the main points uh, or main reasons I wanted to bring up the RSS because obviously they can subscribe to that and they can unsubscribe to that at will, uh, unlike an email which <laughs> may okay. keep coming even if you unsubscribe. But I, uh, one one thing I did want to mention with the the newsletter in any way that you do it. Um, one, there's a few things that we've found that has been that like, helps the, the publishers. One is to have a consistent format. So if if you always have the same format, you know, especially if you're doing an email, then when the publisher sees it, they know exactly where to find the information. If it's exactly the same every single week or month. Um, the other thing is that a consistent delivery. So again, if it's email, if you're doing it every Monday, make sure it comes out every Monday. So then the publisher knows that's when I'm going to get this, and that's when I know I'm going to get the new, the latest, hottest deals, and I. Can can just go in and get my link code from there. And then the third one is make sure that the content is appropriate and valuable to the publisher because I think if it's not valuable, they're not going to open it or they're not going to go to the site to pick it up. So if you're going to be spending the time and the effort, you want to make sure that they're going to be using it. That actually is a really good point because if I'm a publisher and I'm I'm receiving an email, uh, I want to be able to look and say in upper left corner, that's always where the coupon is. Um, upper right corner, that's always where the hot new products are. Uh, if it's a, a seasonal promotion, maybe you've got Valentine's coming up, maybe you've got the, the holidays at the end of the year, um, maybe you're even sending those emails, uh, obviously on a, on a regular basis, but maybe you're sending them uh, during those time, time frames where time is critical uh, on, a, on a daily or, or more frequent basis. Yeah, and I, th- I I think with that, make if you if you do are doing email, make sure that subject line is stating you know hottest deals or or something that's very specific, so that they know or deal to run out by you know March twentieth, so that they know that that's the last date that they can have this deal. Um, those are the types of things. That, again, publishers have very little time to dedicate to every single account, so you want to make sure that you're succinct to the point uh, in all of your communication with them. So all they have to do is act and put whatever they need up on their site. There you go. So the next item that we wanted to talk about or I wanted to talk about is performance incentives. And this, I think, is a hot topic. Between I know, I know you and I offline had a, a little conversation about it. <laughs> and, you know, as an advertiser, account director... I, of course, recommend certain things to my advertisers, and I believe probably as a publisher, channel channel manager, is that what your title is now? Business <laughs> development manager. Development, um, business development manager. Um, our titles change every day, it seems. You probably recommend different, you know, would like different things, but I know with our advertisers, we talk to them about incenting the publishers to drive more revenue, and sometimes we do that with incentive tiers. So if a publisher is currently driving 10 leads per month for you and you really want them to be driving 25, if you give them sort of a carrot at 15, you're more likely to get them over that over to that 25 lead hump. Um, so giving them an incentive of if you're if you're paying them five dollars for every lead up to ten and then at, or up to fifteen and then for any over fifteen you pay them an additional two dollars so they'll be getting seven dollars per lead. Um, we we found that it it does incent them to to want to get to that next level. Yeah, and I, I think um, this is a recurring theme, but it really comes back to 
what is the publisher business model? Because uh, I can I can definitely see how performance tiers uh, can work for certain models where the publisher has the ability to I don't know shift creative around, put greater focus on one brand over another brand or one um, one product over another product in order to uh, have more of his or her audience and their eyeballs viewing that offer. You know that that's an easy way of generating additional. Uh, click-throughs and purchases so that they can hit a performance tier. I've also seen um, straight-up bonuses put out there for generating X amount per month in in sales to an advertiser. But I so you know that may work very well for say a content site or a site that is um, again coming back to the loyalty sites. But it doesn't necessarily work very well to have a carrot dangling out there. Um, for, say, the PPC buyers, because mm-hmm. in order for them to generate a higher volume of, of uh, consumer traffic, they need to put more of their money out on the line up front. And so generally speaking, what I, I would try and do in those situations where I have a, a really good publisher that is generating, say, 50 to 100% of their traffic through PPC buys, I would want to turn around to an, an advertiser and say, look, you know, Based on our experience, you know, we can generate X amount of traffic. It's going to be in line with what you want to put out there as a performance tier. However, we want that performance tier from day one up front in order for us to be able to generate traffic for you with, with a little bit less risk for the publisher. Right, and so, but uh, so, in publishers in that in that scenario, are they ever willing to take a lower just to try it out, and then if they end up getting into a you know, say say they they say I can generate twenty leads this month at five, but I, you have to pay me seven dollars. Would they be willing to take the five dollars, and then if that month they generate twenty or greater, the next month taking a seven flat, or is it that they just at their price points they can't they can't do the five dollars? Is that typically what happens? Yeah, I, th- I think you put your finger right on it. It depends on the price point of the market, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You know, the publisher doesn't control the current bid price uh, out in a particular vertical market. So for, for certain markets that have, um, uh, you know, more abundance of people that are trying to generate clicks off certain keywords, say in the mortgage refi area, I keep coming mm-hmm. back to that, but it's a, very, you know, it's a very saturated market in terms of um, new people wanting to get into the game to generate, to buy clicks to generate leads uh, for refinance. So in, in those scenarios, you're going to be facing uh, you know, a bid price that really dictates a higher payout from, from day one um, because at a lower price point, at a price point that might be kind of the default rate for other publisher business models, just won't work for, for uh, the PPC market. And we know that there's still uh, a fair amount of, of arbitrage margins out there to achieve. And of course, um, you know, there are a number of different brands in any given um, vertical market that are comp- competing for the same eyeballs. And if brand X wants to receive more traffic than brand Y, brand X is necessarily going to need to step up to the plate and really shell out, shell out a little bit more money from, from the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think where our advertisers have a problem is that they sometimes are afraid that I don't want to shell out more money if this person's not going to perform. Sure, and in those scenarios, I mean that's that's justifiable. Obviously, this is a pay for performance model that we're working in, 
And uh, in those scenarios, typically I would want to negotiate a 30-day test period, and maybe it's not even, maybe we don't get the, the full um, pricing that we want to get from day one, but it's a, a bit better than the default rate. Mm-hmm. And if we can get get the chance to test out on a 30-day period and improve uh, that a publisher can generate the volume that they say they can and then move up to an even higher rate in order to get increased volume, that's that's okay. So, I, again, it goes back to us what we, I think what we, I feel like it's our mantra to communicate with your publishers, the advertisers and publishers to communicate because uh, it sounds like there's a lot of publishers out there who do want to, may want a higher rate, but uh, would do some sort of 30-day trial to see if it would work. And you know, if advertisers are amendable to that, sure. And you know, to, to the negotiations that we're talking about really are, are going to require that um, you're speaking directly with uh, probably someone such as yourself or myself mm-hmm. uh, in, inside of CJ who can can go to bat, who really understand you as a publisher and you as an advertiser, and co- can go to bat for you and negotiate these rates um, without necessarily direct contact between publisher and advertiser. Yep, absolutely. A really rewarding top publishers, and one thing we we didn't talk about with this, you know, performance incentives. I, I spoke about tiers just because I wanted to get the controversial issue off the table. But also, there's uh, bonuses. Sometimes, you know, bonuses actually can work in your favor as well. I know that it has worked with some of my advertisers with publishers where if they they hit a certain level, um, either with a lead or generating sales, um, you know, first time. Again, I go back to first-time buyers. Um, there are some of my advertisers. That's that's, a, that's something they're really trying to strive for is new is first-time customers. So if they hit a certain level of those, they might give them a, a bonus. So you know, X amount of dollars at the end of the month. And you know, it's not something that I think that the publisher is counting on necessarily, but it's sort of a, an extra spiff that I think is sometimes nice. What's your view on that? Do have you? Well, let, have, let, me, let me be a little <laughs> controversial about that, actually, because oh, really? I, I, well, controversial may be a bit strong, but I, I would actually say that there are certain publishers who would be looking for that as a specific way of of doing business for themselves. And what I mean is, there there are certain publishers who are willing, again, going back to say the PPC model, who are willing to um, bid at a break even or a slight profit uh, level with the goal of generating as much traffic as possible in order to get that bonus at the end of, of every month. And they look at that bonus actually as their full paycheck as opposed to um, on, a, on a margin basis on an individual transaction. And so bonuses can be um, really great incentives for particular types of publishers who just like working that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I learned something new today. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the next topic that we wanted to talk about uh, during this intermediate session is um, one of the things that, that advertisers should remember, is, and, and now we, we talk to our advertisers about this quite often, is sometimes when you first join an affiliate network, so, you know, for Commission Junction, your profile is set up by whoever sets up your program at that time. You know, affiliate marketing uh, managers change, um, your business might change, but the thing that seems to be forgotten about is that your advertiser profile. And when a publisher comes in and they're going to join your program, that's a lot of times where they look to see what is this company all about. Um, so, it's, it, you know, a, a highly branded company like a Circuit City, most people probably, most publishers know what what Circuit City is selling, but there's quite a few advertisers out there that, that publishers probably don't really know. 
what they're trying to sell or what types of leads they're trying to drive. So they turn to this detail, this what we call the advertiser detail page, to see what that advertiser is all about. Um, and it's really where you want to put some sort of thirty-second elevator pitch there, um, really explaining who you are as a company and what you're what you really want the publisher to be doing. So are you trying to get them to drive a specific type of consumer? Um, or it could be something as easy, you know, going back to the Circuit City mention of, you know, consumer electronics and these are the types of brands we sell, um, th- those types of things. Yeah, the, the who, what, when, where, and why. You know, it, here, here is um, who we are as a, uh, what we do as an advertiser. What are we selling? Um, where, where, uh, what type of audiences are we trying to hit? As you said, um, and again, I would encourage every advertiser to think about the fact that there are all of these different publisher models, and not every publisher model is going to do business the same way, uh, as we've been discussing for the last couple of shows. Um, and so, if you have particular preferences with your affiliate program that match up to particular publisher models. Um, make sure that those preferences are stated very clearly and upfront in the advertiser details screen. So, for example, if you don't want um, pay-per-click advertisers or publishers, rather, to bid on your trademarks, make it clear: no trademark bidding, or no trademark bidding above X amount um, per click, etc. And to make sure that you take advantage of all the different uh, linking types that are available to you to describe the different. Um, keywords that you might want blocked off, or uh, if you have a coupon feed, make sure that you put that at, uh, into the advertiser details screen so that publishers are aware that there is a coupon feed available, etc. You know, p- put as much information as possible out there that a publisher might be interested in learning um, from any different angle, from any different publisher model. Yeah, so and I, I think one you. thing... Oh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I was just going to say, so they can select you as their preferred advertiser. That's really what you want, is someone that comes into the advertiser detail screen and says, wow, this advertiser is great. I want to work with them until, you know, kingdom come. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I I think it, it's very important that they consistently update it. One thing I've, I'm finding with advertisers is they, you know, they used to sell widgets, and now they sell widgets plus something else, and they forget that when they sell that something else, that they need to make sure they put it onto their advertiser detail page, because, you know, especially if you're selling two very different products, um, you know, say you're selling flowers and you're selling gift baskets, even though they are very similar, they're in the gift category, there's going to be different publishers who are going to want to put up a flowers link as opposed to a gift baskets link. So you need to make sure it's specific, um, especially if you're pushing out, you know, pushing out offers or accepting publishers and then they go to read your advertiser detail page and they think, but I don't really want to sell flowers, I want to sell gift baskets. Um, So they may then not put anything up thinking that you don't, you know, that you don't sell gift baskets, that they made made an error. Yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say, because when I come into an advertiser details screen or, or a publisher does and they see outdated information or they don't see information that they expected to see, then um, you know there, there are a lot of other advertisers to select from. And chances are a publisher that doesn't find what they're looking for is going to move on and, mm-hmm. look, and, and start to promote uh, another brand. 
Yeah, we. I actually just had that recently happen with one of my advertisers. They did forget to update their. They were pushing on a new, a new product, and they forgot to update their advertiser detail page. And they had all these great publishers who um, declined them because they went and they saw uh, the old off the the old product, and it wasn't didn't fit with their with their consumer demographics. So they they declined, and we spent a lot of time actually calling the adver- the publishers and explaining what, what the advertiser was trying to accomplish. So um, we, we, we made sure very quickly that we went and updated that. Okay. Well, um, I think this is a good point for us to take a break and make sure that the lights stay on. So we'll be right back after these commercial messages. But uh, just to drop this out there before we... we uh, come back and you may want to take advantage of this, you can reach us through email if you have any questions or comments about the show at podcasts, that's a plural, at cj.com. Feel free to send us email as often as you like. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Increase your organization's bottom line with unique, highly effective, permission-based email solutions from Exact Target now. Discover why more than 4,000 organizations worldwide rely on Exact Target's on-demand software for strengthening customer relationships and controlling email throughout their enterprise. Get superior technology and support for bottom line business impact with Exact Target. Visit www.exacttarget.com today. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune a rose by any other name would still be the same move over shakespeare you need to differentiate yourself from your competition do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of jupiter media the nhl and lionsgate films among others moniker.com is the most secure i accredited register on the planet offering you domain registration hosting domain sales and acquisition services wrap that up with 24 7 support that's your winning combination m-o-n-i-k-e-r Com. More than a name. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everybody, to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is Brian Caldwell and Kim Dalzell from Commission Junction. And today we're talking about kind of a top ten list for advertisers uh, in ways that you can enhance your affiliate marketing program. We've already covered kind of the introduction and, and intermediate steps. Now we're going to get into a, a, a bit more of the advanced 
topic uh, area. And Kim, I, what was it we were going to talk about first? <laughs> I think we're going to talk about first is um, developing a strategy for your top publishers, so your top right. performers. Um, in the CJ network, we typically call those our CJ, perf- CJ performers. So you want to sort of develop a different strategy, so a different incentive for them, a different payout, um, and, and, and sort of a different plan on how you, how you, um, you know, talk to them. Just to, just to interject real quick, what it, yep. what it means to be a performer to us is you, you know generating X amount of, of uh, revenue or commissions each month, um, say ten thousand dollars or more on a consistent basis. And generally, these folks are going to be uh, for you advertisers out there going to be your top five, maybe ten percent of all the publishers that are attached to your program. So these are really the the high end, the folks that uh, can scale their programs to meet your needs in terms of volume and quality of, of uh, com- uh, conversions. So. Yeah, and, and I, I think what what we really need to get across is that these are typically your high, they're, they're bringing you lots of traffic, they're bringing you high conversions, they're bringing you lots of sales, lots of leads, and these are the guys that you want, or, or girls, <laughs> that you want to make sure are getting what they need from a, you know, from a payout perspective. And, and sometimes the strategy that you, you want to develop with them might be different than the rest of your publisher base. So you might have more communication with them. You might be giving them different types of promotions. Um, you might be giving them specific coupon codes, those types of things. Right. And these folks are going to be um, generally dedicated. You know, this is their job. They are affiliate marketers, that full stop. Um, they're also generally uh, much more technologically savvy, and so they can take advantage of a lot more uh, advanced technology that would be putting, be coming out of the advertiser uh, engineering teams. And they generally have big budgets they can, they can throw your way if they see that your program has uh, what it takes for them to actually achieve uh, a decent ROI. And and I think. Tagging along with this is another um, thing that we were talking about at the break. Is these typically these publishers can spend more time on the program, and so you also want to give them the tools to be able to do different things. So we talked about you know like advanced APIs and search boxes, things like that, that are going to enable them to drive more business for for the advertiser. Exactly. Yeah, like the, the eBay API has been a fantastic boon for um, many, many uh, publishers. Search publishers absolutely love it uh, because they can effectively tap into any uh, any particular auction that's going on on eBay at any given time. And obviously there are millions and millions of transactions going on on eBay every single day. And so the, um, the size of the keyword space which is effectively what search publishers are, are working with, is gigantic, meaning that they can cast a very large net for each one of those keywords, drive that traffic to a page that they've put together with the eBay API that has you know, listing information and whatnot, and essentially drive people to an eBay-branded site and then link them out to the actual eBay site to complete the transaction. Right. And I, I mean, I do know that that has been very, um, very successful for a lot of publishers, and obviously for eBay, um, because if the publisher is successful, then the advertiser is successful as well. Um, and then do you 
also the search boxes. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, and how that's helpful for the publishers. Yeah, so the search boxes is interesting. So let's say you have, um, well, eBay is actually a really good example again. <laughs> <laughs> let's say you have a lot of products that are available in your catalog. Uh, and you are a publisher that has traffic coming into your website, you may not necessarily want to set up a full catalog um, from a particular advertiser, but you want to give your audience access to the full catalog. And an easy way to do that is to implement um, an actual search box that's co-branded with the advertiser, embed that into your publisher page so that your audience can search for, say, an auction uh, for, I don't know, a guitar on eBay, they can do that directly from your website without having the full catalog there. Once they find what they're looking for, they're on the eBay site, the conversion happens, and that publisher gets credit for the conversion. The other one that I don't think, I mean, is, is advanced, but it's not super advanced. Now, you know, advanced APIs and search boxes, those those take a little bit more technical skill from the advertiser. Um, but one that we talk about a lot, and, I, and a lot of our retailers do, is, is product catalogs or data feeds. Um, those work with, especially with publishers who are doing any sort of display of, of multiple types of products. Um, and I know we have in the We've done studies in the past where we found that, that a data feed actually can help to drive more results uh, and more sales for advertisers um, just by having a product, product catalog. A- absolutely. And, and one of the main reasons, of course, is because the catalogs are generally very large. Let's take Buy.com as an example, right? They have a catalog that has, I think, if I remember right, about 2 million SKUs in it. And so if you're a publisher and you have access to that catalog feed, you can basically create a... Um, a, a buy.com catalog feed on your website, create page after page after page of listings. In fact, two million pages if you really felt like it. <laughs> uh, and again, it's all about creating a very large net so that the internet traffic that's out there and doing searches or browsing or, or um, visiting a website at the recommendation of a friend, they come to your site and they can find anything that they want because you've essentially got two million <laughs> items in your site. Um, and they'll click through and actually convert into a sale. Right. And, I, you know, and product catalogs are fairly, you know, I say fairly simple. I'm not the technical person, but they're fairly simple to set up, I think, um, you know, more so than some of the other things that, that uh, we've talked about in the past. Sure. I mean, we're still talking about advanced te- techniques here. So you, in order to use a catalog feed, you will still need to have some um, access to programming skills or some knowledge of that yourself. Um, you know, MySQL or whatever, data, whatever database you want to use, because you, ha- you do have to store the, this information somewhere and present it through a content management system of some kind. So again, these are kind of advanced techniques. Those publishers that are doing this full-time are going to be able to take advantage of this. Uh, they'll have the technology skills in order to um, take advantage of this. And at the end of the day, you know, these are the 5% of the folks out there who you want to dedicate special time for as you're putting together your advertiser affiliate program strategy. Also, there's some third parties out there who can help you to develop these things. Um, you know, I, there's a couple names that, that come to mind that um, I know Quigo has done this in the past, and there's probably some others who um, can develop data, f- data feeds for, for advertisers if they need that help. They don't have the technology in, in-house. Sure, and publishers have those uh, same types of access to third-party systems like Golden Can, I know, is, is available, and some publishers are using them, and I'm quite happy with the results. Right, exactly. I think we, I think we actually mentioned Golden Can a couple episodes ago. I think so. 
Um, along with data feeds, though, uh, is something that I, I consider pretty advanced for advertisers is, is actually going um, down and, and understanding what your margin is on all of your products and then incenting the publisher based on that on those margins. So we actually have the capabilities in CJ Marketplace to um, to actually pay your public the publishers based on each item. So you can you can um, have a specific payout per item. So we we call it item based commissions, and this gives you the ability to pay out the publisher for higher margin products. So if if a television say has a higher margin than a you know a DVD, not not a DVD player necessarily, but a DVD. So if if you're buying uh, the DVD, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you may have a very very small margin on that product. Um, but a TV, you probably there's probably a higher margin on a TV than there is on you know on a DVD. So if you want the publisher to be selling more TVs and less DVDs, then um, you should incent them appropriately. So, um, you know, instead of giving them a flat across-the-board percentage, uh, incent them for those higher, you know, those items that are that are going to bring you more money. I think it gets the publisher to get more money, give them, give, puts more money in their pocket, and then the advertiser gets those higher-priced items um, out there and sold. Absolutely. I'm not sure what else I can add to that. That's a fantastic technique. So I will say from the publisher standpoint, it does take a bit more um, focus on how they manage their margins across the board, because if they're working with more than one advertiser, per se, they need to be looking at uh, their margins now on the the product level uh, rather than the flat fee level. But as you say, you know, really... Performance marketing is all about a win-win for everybody. So the advertiser understands what their per-product margins are. That's going to be better for them. And if the the publisher is then able to generate consumer traffic based on those requirements, that's actually ultimately going to be better for the publisher also. Yeah, and and I I think we, you know, again, it goes back to what we've, I think we've been talking about a bunch is communicating with a publisher. So, you know, if you do have a publisher where this could be a problem, you know, maybe you set up some sort of different type of payout for them. You know, and again, it's communication. But it sounds like publishers like being incented for items that, you know, generating more revenue for the for the advertiser too. So if they're getting more revenue, they you know they're giving a bigger piece of that sort of that pie, so to speak, to the publisher. Sure, fair is fair as long as the advertiser is not trying to uh, make the margins thinner. Everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and I I mean I think this is one way that that really uh, advertisers are being you know sort of more fair to the publisher because they are giving them you know if they were originally paying two percent on that TV, but now they can pay them four percent on that TV, but only one percent on the DVD then that publisher is really going to make a lot more money. That makes sense to me. I think the the last thing that we wanted to talk about today is just spending time on your program. Uh, I know Brian and I talked about this on the break, that really an affiliate marketing manager or whatever the title of the person who's running the affiliate program is should be at least spending 15 hours per week on their program. So that's doing all of these things that we've talked about in this these three sessions is you know from approving your publisher applications all the way to ensuring that your data feed is updated and correct and uh, working properly. You know, 15 hours a week is is probably the minimum you should really be spending on your program to make it successful. Yeah, and and I would say that's 
you, you just said it, it's the minimum. Uh, it will allow your program to work, probably will, will not, unless you're hyper-efficient, not allow you to be all that proactive about coming up with new ways to work within the affiliate program and, and reach out to publishers and do all the proactive communications that we've been suggesting today. Um, so I personally love it when you know an affiliate program has a dedicated manager who is there as an advocate and um, understands the margins and everything else, understands the different publisher business models, um, has been around in the business potentially, um, maybe even acted as a publisher themselves. Um, but again, you know, it comes back to time management and how much time you spend on a program to, to see how, how successful you can actually be with a program. Because I, I know there are plenty of programs out there that are underserved at the moment and probably could be generating quite a bit more uh, monthly revenues. Right. It's, it's really what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So the more time and more effort that you spend feeding the channel, the more, you should, the more revenue or leads you should be getting out of it. <laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's our our cue. The curtain is coming down. Time to <laughs> but uh, check us out next week because next week Brian's going to be doing all the talking once again. Because oh, uh, sure. I think we're doing the top ten checklist for publishers, right? Yep, that's the plan. So um, again, to reiterate, if anybody wants to communicate with us, we have an email address of podcasts at cj.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at cj.com. So feel free to email us uh, with anything you like. Also, you can catch us live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, or you can uh, download us onto your iPod or onto your cell phone using um, the MobileCast Network, and you can find out for more information at webmasterradio.fm. So we will see you next week. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.